This week's episode is sponsored by our friends at First Baptist North Spartanburg. First North exists to connect people to God and one another through Jesus Christ, to help them grow in their relationship with Him, and to serve others in the name of Jesus. You can join them in worship led by the choir and orchestra at 9 a.m. or led by the praise band at 11 a.m. each Sunday morning. Bible Fellowship is in between at 10. There is something exciting happening for all ages at First North. You can find them on Facebook or at firstnorth.org. Again, that's firstnorth.org. Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast, an outreach of Impact Sports International. We seek to use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel to the hard to reach, the lost, and the forgotten, whether that's just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world. Here's your host, John Andrews. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Say All That to Say This podcast bonus edition that has affectionately become known as the top five on the fifth. I'm your host, John Andrews. If this is your first time listening or you just somehow missed episode three, we started this podcast back in March of 2021. We decided that we were going to release an episode on the first and third Tuesdays of every month. But in my extreme wisdom and astounding vision and forethinking, the very first month had five Tuesdays in it and I didn't know what to do. (laughs) So we decided to release a bonus episode in the months that have five Tuesdays and we're calling it the top five on the fifth. Now, everything we do as a ministry is designed to use sports to create an opportunity to share the gospel. And while there's nothing more important than someone choosing to surrender their lives to Jesus and following him the best way they know how, not everything we do is quite that important. In fact, this idea of this podcast came from the experiences we've had all over the world, just sitting around at night, downtime, during a break, in a foreign land, chatting, debating, talking trash, etc., We are laser-focused on taking the good news to the nations, but there's nothing that says that you can't have fun while you're doing it. So imagine sitting around a coffee shop late one night in East Asia or the Middle East, and we're randomly coming up with conversation starters. And once we settle in on a good subject matter, we say to each other, okay, rank them. That scene was the birth of the top five on the fifth. I am joined today by my trusty co-host, intern Larry. Say hello, Larry. Hello, Larry. No, say hello to our listeners, Larry. Hello, listeners. Okay, Larry. All right, you see what I'm dealing with here. The top five lists for this episode. What five people, and I, I threw in the stipulation they had to be living, okay, so you couldn't pull the Jesus card, Larry. Yeah. Oh, no, I want to eat with Jesus. Hmm. Um the top five living people that you would most like to have dinner with. I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. And just so to give you a little bit of background, Larry is about half my age, Mm. probably even more so. Larry could, could is, is young enough to be my son. He's not good looking enough to be my son, <laughs> but he is young enough to be my son. So that will, and he is single, so that will probably factor into some of his answers yes, and some will. of mine. I am happily married, and this uh, this summer, as you're hearing this episode, my wife and I will be celebrating our 25th anniversary. Congratulations. Uh, thank you, sir. And uh, so that will factor into some of my choices as well. So without further ado, let's get started 
with uh, number five. Who uh, on your list is number five, the fifth person that you would most want to have dinner with? So in the same way that like I came in at number five last time with the movies, I came in with a strong, pretty assured, like this is definitely going to be agreed upon as to why this person is not number five. And so my number five. All is right, David. I've already taken. I've already taken Jesus off the table. It's not him. Though. Okay. All right. Is a right. Jesus guy though. Okay. Jesus guy. I like it. So so my number five is David Platt. Ooh. And for those who don't know David Platt, David Platt is a pastor uh, at McLean Bible um, Church in Virginia. And what I love about him is I remember when I first interned here at Impact mm-hmm. as an intern. Believe it or not. That's why we call you intern Larry. Yep, there it is. Yep. There, there's a connection. Um, I read this book and it was called Radical. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the most influential books in my life that ever um, changed my perspective of the nations. It's changed my perspective of Christianity and um, kind of gave me a heart for people in um, my first steps of being called to ministry. Hmm. So is it safe to say that it radically changed your outlook i don't know where you got that but that does make sense that's good yeah okay so that's your number five that's my number five yeah all right um this is completely opinion based okay i I can't say that your your list is wrong um and you certainly are not going to say that my list is wrong because it's right but anyway (laughs) um my uh I, i feel a little less spiritual you 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 came out of the gates hard with david platt yeah um and uh, and why did you read that book? Why did I read that book? Well, my boss kind of um, advised me to do so. Uh, okay, so he I made you read it. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, Supreme Leader did so. <laughs> so as I as he comes out with David Platt right out of the gates, and I'm the one that made him read the book. I feel a little shallow with my number one. Mm. I mean, my number five. Excuse me. Uh, but my number five is Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Let, let, let me explain to you why. All right. So we've been watching the Jimmy Fallon show, the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, uh, for years now. Uh, I usually am, am a morning person, so I don't stay up very late. We would record it. We'd watch it. And I love the fact that he always has fun, and he seems to be able to get along with anybody. Mm. Um, you know, there are people who are gifted at hosting shows. Sure. Uh, but it seems genuine with him, right? And... Um, and certainly he could be different behind closed doors, and that's what I would find out if we had dinner together. But he seems genuine, and he's very funny. Uh, he's talented, uh, plays musical instruments, can sing, all that kind of stuff. He's very well respected in the uh, in the Hollywood community. Um, I'd love to have dinner with him because, one, I know we laugh a lot. I know he's probably got some pretty cool behind-the-curtain stories <laughs> to tell um, on some of our favorite celebrities. And athletes, uh, I mean, his spots with Justin Timberlake and Kevin Hart and The Rock, uh, Will Ferrell—they're all hilarious. And uh, and so I, I kind of feel like that would be a a two for one or a ten for one. So if I spent time with Jimmy Fallon, uh, we'd have a great time together. Yeah, uh, he's a funny guy. I'm a funny guy, right? Mm. Uh, was that a yes or? It, it was, but I'm okay. just surprised that you picked him. I mean, okay, well, all right. So I didn't. I, I mean, I encouraged your fifth choice. So you did. So love on mine a little bit. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. But uh, one, I, I feel like we would we would connect and have a good time. But then also, I could hear the stories of all these other people that I might want. It might even be an honorable mention or something sure. if we had that. So I, I, I kind of feel like 
I'm buying in bulk here. Yeah, you know, you, you. You, you go to Sam's and you get a big a big carton of something. And you get yeah, like kill it. a lot of birds with one stone type thing. That's the analogy I was looking for. Thank you, intern Larry. Uh, <clears throat> so that would be um, probably my, my fifth choice. Okay. Um, and if nothing else, I know I'd wake up the next morning, my eyes would be sore. For my me. heart has been softened to that fifth choice once you explained it. Well, so, if, if I can do nothing but soften your heart today. I'm not for it. Good has been done in the world. But I'm not against it. Okay, number four. All right, so number four, a pastor again. And this is the one of the, the second and the last pastor on my list. <clears throat> I was about to say, this is... But this is not a good one. Not a good pastor? No. His name is Joel Osteen. Oh, and okay. I would love to have dinner with Joel, with Pastor Joel. Um, pa- Pastor Joel was more of a great encourager uh-huh. than he is a preacher of the gospel. Yeah. But what eats me up is the amount of people that listen in on this dude, that listen to him preach, the like thousands of people that go to his church. Mm-hmm. And man, he just loves to just talk about the pretty things of Christianity. Mm. But whenever you preach that, when you just preach the good things and the comfortable life in Christianity and how God is always for you and he's going to give you what you want, then you're really diluting like his love. Because when you don't have the wrath of him played into the gospel, then you're really just taking half of it out. And when you take away the wrath of God out of the gospel, then the fact that Jesus came and died for us and did what he had to do, like that doesn't mean as much. And you kind of like dilutes it and and, and and takes the power away without the wrath you can't understand the love yes mm, that's good and maybe you can understand the love without the wrath but you can't understand the significance and the vastness mm. of god's love for us yeah for how deep and how wide is that so you would like to share that with and him. i would love to just tell him I, and, I, and at the same time i'd love to ask him a question you know where do you see in the bible mm. this yeah that you're saying okay you have been given a great opportunity a great platform and yet, you talk nonsense. <laughs> okay, so I, I, when I was, uh, there is one slight uh, difference to this, but in my list, for the most part, if I'm getting the chance to choose who I get to spend time with, it's selfish. Sure. Because I, I want something from them. But you are wanting to have dinner with Joel so that you can possibly give him something. Yeah, and I feel like he's probably heard what yeah. I might say to him before. I don't think so. But that's why we pray and ask the Holy Spirit to do his thing. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because like, you. if it's just coming from me, then it's not going to really do anything, or at least it's not going to mean anything in the long run. Okay. So you've gone deep in your first two. Yeah. And I, let, I, I jumped out of the gates with Jimmy Fallon. So let me redeem myself spiritually here for a minute, and let me give you my number four. Okay. I, I was beginning to think that the student had now become the master, and the master is <laughs> going to be the student. So I would love to hear this number four. Okay. So my number four is Louis Giglio. There we go. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Louis uh, was, you know, went to school and was in grad school at Baylor mm. and started a Bible study in his house. Mm. Um. A couple of years later, it was a church of 2,000 people, right? Yeah. And that was not the intention. He didn't plant a church. It was an organic thing that developed. Um, and I, I read something uh, yesterday as I was looking up some information on Louis. There was a point where 10% of the Baylor student body attended his church. Wow. And so, and Baylor's a pretty big school. So that was, uh, that was impressive. But um, God placed a burden on his heart through that. Um, for the American college student, the young adult, uh, the first the first passion event, which is probably what Louis is best known for, uh, was held in 1997 with about 2,000 people. Um, you and I attended uh, together several years ago. 
um, the Passion Conference, and there were about 55,000 people when gathered in three different venues. I think you were a freshman, so it's probably three years ago. So that was after our first trip to Southeast Asia? Yes. Okay, okay. Yep. And so, obviously, God's done an amazing work through him. Um, and, you know, n- numbers don't obviously define success, but he's followed the specific goal that, call that God placed on his life, um, and millions have been impacted as a result. And uh, he's authored a dozen books, uh, over a dozen books, actually, and I'm working on my first one, so I'd like to pick his brain there a little bit. Uh, he started a record label. I don't see that in my future. Uh, but just starting that from the ground up, and, and obviously that came through the passion uh, experience and and um, and the, the artists that got involved with the conferences and that sort of thing. Uh, he founded Passion City Church in Atlanta during his downtime, you know, because Passion <laughs> Conference only takes a little bit of time. So what does, he do? what does he do with the rest of his time, right? Um, but, you know, maybe most what I like best about him is the fact that he is a uniter. Hmm. Um across cultural, racial, denominational lines, even worship preferences. Um, and, you know, we look across the church landscape today, what's the biggest divider? There's two things. It's race and yeah. it's worship styles, mm-hmm. right? And even within churches, you have divisions because of worship styles. And, um, and Which are not biblical. That's that's true, yes. Just to be clear and, on that <clears throat> for our listeners. And so he, he's he's been, God's equipped him to be able to reach across mm-hmm. all of those lines. And that's something we long to do on the field uh, is using sports. And so I'd, I'd love to just sit around and, and gleam from him for a few hours. Uh, so that is that. Louis Giglio is my number four. It's a good four. So before we get to number three and then two and one, um, I don't know about you, but as I start to compile these lists, there are people that are yeah, almost number five, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 or they're they're really. If I had a top ten, that would be a lot easier, right? But there's not a tenth Tuesday in the month, sure. so we can't do top ten on the fifth. It just no, doesn't that make any make sense. sense. No. So in lieu of that, give me a couple of your honorable mentions. Okay, I got two honorable mentions. Go for it. So first is I would want to have dinner with the president of the United States. But it's currently? No, no, see that's the thing. Not Joe Biden because he hasn't been there long enough. Okay. That's the only reason. Not Donald Trump because he's crazy. Yeah. I would want to have dinner with George Bush. And I would Which wa- one? The second one. Is that George W? Yes. Okay. That was before like I was <laughs> out of elementary school. <laughs> but the only reason I'd want to have dinner with him is I would He was to- one of those guys that wore the white wigs. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Long, long red time coats, ago. red coats, yeah, yeah. yeah. Long time ago. I would want I would ask him one question and then I would just listen. What is it like to be the most powerful man in the entire world? Hmm. I mean, yes, he's got Congress. You got to go through all these things, but like at the end of the day, President of the United States is probably the most powerful man in the world. Often referred to as the leader of the free world. You know yep. what I'm saying? So yep. like, I would just ask him, "What is it like to do that?" And then I would ask him, "Excuse me, I'm gonna add a second question." I would say, "Do you ever get lonely being on top?" Hmm. Because I'm sure he went through a lot of things that like nobody else could understand. Sure. What do you think that was like? Hmm. That's good. Just a good point. Second honorable mention. Yep. Her name's Madison Pruitt. So she was on The Bachelor. Oh my gosh. And the thing is, uh, Madison Pruitt now, loves Jesus. W- wait a minute. Did let me let me just kind of ask you this question before you get all bachelorette. All right. uh, bachelor, bachelorette. It's bachelor, bachelor, bachelor. Bachelor. Okay. So is that the one where there's one dude and a bunch of girls? Yeah, or is yeah, that yeah, one yeah. girl and a bunch no, of girls? No, one dude and a bunch of girls. Okay. 
and she was one of the bunch of girls. She was one of the bunch of girls. Okay. She kind of set herself on the side. So, in your in your opinion, she, absolutely, she stood out among for two the reasons. Okay, well, I'll let you tell me that in a second. But why in the world do you watch The Bachelor? Have you seen it? Uh, no. Okay, then I've seen Don't commercials. Judge Don't judge it. Don't judge I it. Actually, no. What uh, What's the one that you've been watching? Bachelorette. Bachelorette. I've seen about six minutes of it with my daughter and could not stand to watch anymore listen so, listen i used to be just like you uh-huh back back when i was younger i used to be just like you yep you know i i thought the same thing and then i gave it a try and you hmm. know next thing i know I'm, I'm watching every week well there's there's no telling how many different people from what different backgrounds they come from so sure. i'm not sure exactly how this is going to be taken across the board but I almost feel like I should revoke your man card. Oh, dude, there's a lot of guys who watch that. <clears throat> they don't admit it, and especially to a, an audience of people that listen. I guess the one good thing is that nobody can see your face. <laughs> All right, so this person, Pruitt okay, girl. Okay, Mazin yeah. Pruitt. So two things. One, she loves Jesus. Okay. And two, she's a hooper. And I don't know if we have any like Auburn connections down in like Alabama or something, but like, I hey. I think I do. Yeah. Hey, now, if, if you want to... You know, she plays for Auburn. No, no, no. Did. Her, her dad. I think her dad coaches, like assistant coaches for the guys' team. Um. So, anyways, just think it'd be cool to sit down and have dinner with her. And then maybe it leads to a second oh, one. You gotta no. Nah, you that, gotta, you gotta start. No, you gotta start somewhere. I, gotta, right. I mean, just hey. All right, keep this clean, Larry. All right. <laughs> so, uh, honorable mention. Those are your two. Honorable That's my mentions. two. That's my so, two. So, Madison Pruitt. And George W. George W. That's the second one, right? Yep. Okay, George W. Yes. Uh, the first one, uh, which would have been before your time, was Correct. George H. W. Uh, Herbert yeah, Walker yeah. instead of just Walker. Ah, I got you. Uh, ironically, W. was on my honorable mention list as well. Hmm. Great minds think alike. And yeah, and I'm trying to bring you along in that. So, <laughs> uh, but I, I chose it for di- I chose it for different reasons. I, there, there's some overlap, obviously, in the things you said, but. Having been an adult still sure. when he was in office, um, I was teaching and coaching at the time. Um, I, and, and so not only did I take all of this in as a as a citizen, but I also was a social studies teacher. So I not only had to take it all in, but then I had to regurgitate it back out uh, to, to young minds. And so I was... Um, I was living each out, living out each day with him as as my president, as I'm teaching government and economics and street law and mm. history and everything else to okay. to kids. So, um, I want to know from his perspective what it, what nine eleven was like. Ooh, that's a good question from his perspective, because um, you talk about being the leader of the free world. Mm. I don't know of a heavier burden as the leader of the free world than that day. Mm. You know. And so I, I would want to ask him that. Uh, I also want to know what it was like. And they've ESPN has done a documentary on this, and and it's really cool if you haven't seen it. But um, they canceled the Yankee games for about a week, all the home games mm-hmm. right after nine eleven. And so he comes and throws out the first pitch at the first home Yankee game that they had after nine eleven, and it was it was a really powerful moment. Mm-hmm. And so as the leader of the free world, but also as an athlete, I want to know what that was like. Yeah. How nervous was he? You know, and, and I'm well, thinking. Well, you know he was a pitcher. Yep. And I'm thinking, but even then, I mean, it, when you're pitching in a game and you've got game pressure, 
and you've got the fate of the world pressure, those are two different things, right? And so I'm thinking if I were on that pitcher's mount, and they even, you see this in documentary, documentary they said that he should throw from in front of the mound. Yeah. He said, heck no, you throw a pitch from the pitcher's, pitcher's mound, right? And so he gets up there and he throws a strike. And just, I'm thinking I'm probably going to skip it up if I try to throw it, but he throws a strike and it mm-hmm. just, hey, we're going to be okay. And, uh, <clears throat> but at the same time that you have almost this, this larger than life figure, um, he's also the guy that invented the word strategery. And <laughs> so <laughs> I just, I want to know, man, what was going through your brain at that moment when you're in a political debate and you say strategery? Um, so, uh, Charles, uh, excuse me, George W. is one of my honorable mentions, but my other honorable mention is uh, Sir Charles. Charles Barkley. Oh, okay. uh, he was one of my favorite players ever, but he's also totally unpredictable <laughs> when you're talking to him. You never know what's going to come out of his mouth. Um, and I think it would be fun to hear some stories. Especially on NBA TV. <laughs> yeah, and to hear some stories from him I think would be cool. Absolutely. So let's jump back to our list. Uh, give me number three. Okay, number three is my favorite basketball player in the history of mankind. And it's the greatest. Dude, we can have dinner anytime you want. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, my, my bad. I, I misunderstood. No, 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 no. And he's the greatest shooter ever, to ever walk the earth. Steph Curry. I love him. I love his game. I love the way that he can just go up against anybody and nobody can guard him and he's going to go get his and I could just geek out about him all day. But honestly, I just love to have dinner with him because I love San Francisco. I love the city and I love him, even though I don't think he knows. He definitely doesn't know who I am, <laughs> but I, I love He him. loves you, Larry. I mean, he might, though. He might if he met me. Hey, if he both. met you, he would love you for sure. I would hope so. Yeah. I'd hope so. Go get like shoot around or something. Go get some shots together. Just talk life. I would suggest you just rebound for him. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, so okay, baby. So, so Steph is your. Uh, I certainly wouldn't challenge him to horse or anything. So Steph is your number three. Oh my gosh, hands down. Okay, all right. So I went kind of a hybrid. Okay, all right. So we went deep spiritual, but we also have gone funny and fun. Sure. Uh, my number three is a hybrid. It's David Crowder. Okay. All right. So David Crowder has some of the best lyrics in songs across the board. He's won multiple Dove Awards. He's been nominated for Grammys. Uh, but the dude's a clown, right? Yeah. And uh, he's an incredible... And you and I, again, we've shared the experience at the Passion Conference where he's leading worship and does a fantastic job uh, with that. But he looks like a truck driver you'd see on the interstate in Iowa yeah. somewhere, you know? And um, Iowa's kind of random. Yeah. Well, that, that was the point. Okay. Just, I mean, I could have said South Dakota. You could have. Um Utah, uh, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. Um, I love his music, but I might love his Instagram post even more. You see his personality come out when you when you follow him on Instagram. If you don't, guys, I would uh, I'd recommend um, following Crowder. It's a it's a good follow. Uh, he finds some of the most rednecked things you can imagine. Did you know that rednecked was a word? I Larry. do not. Kind okay. of like strategery. Strategery, yes. <laughs> so I was, uh, in honor of George W., I in, introduced the word red-necked into mm-hmm. society uh, today. But he finds some of the most red-necked things you can imagine. Um, his church marquees that he posts just are, are hilarious. Uh, and he has an Arctic fox for a pet. And the Arctic fox's name is Kenny Rogers. 
I mean, what what else what else is there to say? The guy's a brilliant songwriter, incredible worship leader, and he's got an Arctic fox named Kenny Rogers. Do I need to say any more? No, you said too much already. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're number two, Larry. All right, so my number two is 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 totally serious, <clears throat> like a hundred percent serious. Right. Sure. No joke here. Okay. I'd have dinner with Sadie Robertson. That's a joke. No, no, it's not. Okay. Because why like, is it not a joke? See, Sadie's happily married now. Like, great. That's awesome. All right, so, in case people don't know who she is, okay. So, Sadie Robertson, um, her family was on like the TV show Duck Dynasty, and like now she like speaks at all these different places. Okay. You know, she's spoken at Passion a couple times, and she's just a couple years older than you. She is. Right? I think she's okay. like a year older than okay. me, actually. Okay. Um, but I would just have dinner with her and just kind of ask, you know, like, hey, what went wrong with us? You know, where, what happened? Because for the longest time, I was convinced that like I like every other Christian guy she was who that we were going to get married. Picked out for you, yes, <laughs> I was. Even the it, problem was there were about two hundred million other guys that thought the same thing. Yeah, but they didn't like have the connections that I did. Because I had it whole planned out. I had it all planned out. Please tell me your connections to Sadie Roberts. So here it is. So Impact Sports, right? We we've done some cool banquets in our in our time. Mm-hmm. Would you say so? Yeah. Um, and you know, remember that one time, you know, John, you had um, Tim Tebow come in and sure. speak at, at, a, at a banquet. And so, not that there was a plan, but like I had a plan that like in this banquet we would have another one, and you would have the Robertsons come in, and and then you would introduce me to Sadie, and then the next thing you know, like we'd be shooting in the gym and be like, wow, like these people, like they can hoop and they love Jesus, like how does it get better than that? Hmm. And then the rest would be history, but you know it just kind of all fell apart, and so we went our separate ways. <laughs> so, so I feel like you're putting all this on me. The reason no, this is totally on you. The reason she's married to some other guy. Absolutely. Um, is 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 my fault. Hundred percent. But just so that you know, like I'm. And the reason you're left looking for somebody on the Bachelorette or Bachelor whatever else <laughs> is my fault too. <laughs> so the reason you've lost your man card is my fault. It all comes back <laughs> no. to me. <laughs> no, I disagree with all of that. Don't give yourself that much power. Okay, Sadie was a good choice. Um, again, I told you that your stage in life, my stage in life would affect our choices Absolutely. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there are no females on my list. I think that's good. Um, the, the one female that I would love to have dinner with is my wife. Mm. And, uh, I think we're going to do that tonight actually. So that's good. Um, and whenever you might be listening to this episode, it may not, it's not going to be the day we recorded it, but that night too, we're going to have dinner together. It's pretty awesome. Uh, my number two. Okay. And I wish this was a video podcast just for this moment. So when I say this, the <laughs> face that you're going to make, Coach K. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Those of you who don't know his abbreviation, that is Coach Mike Krzyzewski from Duke University. Um, I've I've always been a fan. I'm a sports guy, mm. right? And, bandwagon. Uh, and bandwagon. I'm wow. sorry. I didn't mean to say that. Uh, that's okay. Um, I, uh, I, I've always been a fan of, of people who do it the right way. Uh, and he if, does it the right way. And if they're successful, then that's that's great. But uh, someone who does it right with class, integrity, and if they're successful in any way, and there are a lot of people that think that maybe you shouldn't do it with uh, class and integrity in order to be successful. Um, but I've been a Duke basketball fan since I was in high school. Hmm. Okay. And that goes back a ways, right? Yeah. Okay. Before you were born. <laughs> 
And they've had some great players in Duke history. Johnny Dawkins was the first All-American player of the year they had. And then that guy named Christian Leitner that that everybody (laughs) loved or hated one or the other. Grant Hill, who just was named the director of USA Basketball, which is kind of cool. Shane Battier, who I loved and most people hated. He was kind of a love or hate kind of guy. And then, I mean, even as recently, someone you know well, uh, Zion Williamson, right. Uh, right here from Spartanburg. Um, he's had some great players, uh, but here's here's the interesting thing about it. His coaching staff has turned over multiple times. I, he's had dozens of guys on his staff throughout the years since I've been a Duke fan, uh, probably close to 30 different guys on his coaching staff. Um, and so the only constant in Duke's success was Coach K, right? And so there are three things that stand out to me about him that maybe want to spend time with him. All right. Number one, he's extremely successful. Uh, he's actually, don't know if you know this or not, he's the winningest coach in NCAA history, winningest men's coach mm. in NCAA history. Um, dozens of his assistant coaches have gone on to be head coaches, which means uh, he is a great equipper and preparer. Right, which shows good uh, leadership, and I would love for somebody to be able to say that about me one day. Uh, and then the third reason, his players want to come back and coach under him. So for the last decade and a half, two two decades, all of his coaches on his staff were former players, guys hmm. that played for him. That is pretty cool. And so I've been to his practices um, back when I was still coaching, went to some clinics there. I've seen him in games. Uh, he pushes his players hard. He holds them accountable, holds them to a very high standard, and yet they still love him and they want to serve under and continue to learn from him. And I think that says a lot about his leadership capability, and that's a mark of a good leader to me, and I would love to be able to sit and and uh, glean from him on that. So uh, Coach K is my number two. Okay. So without further ado, give me your number one larry so this number one is going to be a group dinner and before you jump on me before you jump on me listen before you jump on me it is going to be a dinner with a southeast asian church that we both attended and let me explain to you why okay let me explain to you why i might give you a little leeway here listen let me explain to you why this was on one of our trips there and this was one of the not turning points of my life, but definitely one of um, the most instrumental moments of my life mm-hmm. because on our last night before we were about to fly out and come back to America in the morning, they invited us, uh, us our team, I think I believe we had, what, seven and you? So it was eight people. Yep. Um, they invited us back into their house church and it was, you know, on the second story of um, of some house in the biggest Muslim country in the world. Mm-hmm and we didn't know why we were going and we walked in there and they asked us to come sit on the floor and so as we we all seven of us all eight of us sat on the floor um not really knowing what was going on they probably like 15 or 20 so of the church and so they started praying in their language and we just kind of sat there not really knowing what they were saying why they were saying it we just sat there and mm-hmm. then i remember i kind of nudged his name was lewis i nudged him and i said lewis what are they saying what are they praying for us about and so lewis was a local yes lewis was our translator one of our translators he was okay. a couple years younger than me and i asked him i said lewis what are they praying about and he said they're praying for you guys in your trip back to America, and they're praying that you guys continue to fight the good fight while you're there, while you're there continue to share the gospel with your friends and your family there, and continue to be strong, mm. um, and endure what 
and he said this, he said, and endure what you guys are going through there. And I remember that a lot of us actually were kind of breaking down at this point Mm -hmm. when we realized that they were praying for us, when these people who were praying for us had given up almost everything to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. They'd given up families, they'd given up jobs, they'd given up friends. And where we're meeting is a secret church. Exactly, where they could have very well been arrested if they were found out. And yet these people who had given up everything for, were praying for us American Christians who were going back to our comfortable families and our comfortable churches and our AC um, you know, buildings that we get to mm-hmm. meet in every Sunday without even worrying about will we be able to make it back home safely. Yeah. Um, and I'll never forget that moment. And so I would just love to buy them dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> given 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 what uh, what what they their prayer for me did in mm. my life. Um, wow. I'd just love to have dinner with them. So I hope that that's allowed. I will make an exception. Thanks, John. You're in the best. Just this one instance. You're that, the best boss ever. That is uh, that is that's powerful. Um, I almost feel like I can't give my number one now. Nope. Because that was so good. I win. Um, let me give you a, a little backstory okay. for my number one. Okay. So, uh, the name of this podcast is what? I say all that to say this baby. Yes. So, well, yeah, except for the baby part. So, uh, so I, I, I'm known for giving details for telling longer stories, but giving illustrations that come back to, uh, the original point. So let me tell you one of those side stories real quick to bring you back to my number one. Okay. So professional wrestling has always been something that's been near and dear to my heart. <laughs> and you can laugh. It's okay. <laughs> He's trying his best to not laugh out loud. Uh, I can remember Saturday nights with my dad. We would watch for two hours on WTBS, uh, back when they used the W before the TBS. Uh, we would watch Georgia Championship Wrestling. And I know it's kind of rednecked uh, to, to watch, maybe even more so to go to an event. Uh, but it's something me and my dad shared, so it's always kind of held a special place in my heart. Um, and it was something that we did. He and I would wrestle each other. And uh, my dad, Larry, you've seen my dad before. He's a big dude. Yes, he is. Uh, he's about 6'5", and he's in the upper 200s nowadays. Big guy, And that's great always kind of where he, he, he hovered. And uh, so I was always fighting an uphill battle when we would wrestle. And then I went away to college, uh, coaches got us in the weight room i got bigger i got stronger and so we come home i come home for spring break or or summer break or something and um we get to talking about wrestling and and um and sharing you know doing different accents talking like dusty Rhodes or rick flair or whatever and and that always kind of led into an actual wrestling match between me and him and it had been a while since we'd wrestled because i'd been away to college and didn't realize how strong i had gotten and i actually picked him up for the first time in my life and slammed him on our bed and he broke his rib and i felt awful and so we didn't wrestle after that but wrestling has always held a special place in my heart and in my life and it may or may not be true that at one point i may or may not have been a certified licensed professional wrestler but that is a story for another day and so I say all that to say this. My number one is a professional wrestler. Was a professional wrestler. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is my number one. Here's why. 
All right, he's when he bursts on the scene, he's 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 charismatic, he's he's quick witted, he's more talented on the mic than anybody, right? And he could he could talk somebody down just as quickly as anybody, and uh, he you know they getting and most of the wrestlers talking like the big monsters they are, right? And he just quick wits them and and shuts them up and. Uh, very talented obviously we've seen that now since uh his wrestling days are behind him uh he is the biggest uh box office draw uh these days especially certainly when it comes to action heroes he's a highest paid action star um for the last i don't know four or five years um but he's dynamic he's funny um you know i've watched most of his movies um almost all of them are pretty pretty good watch there's a few that I'd, i'd steer clear of um but overall, they're pretty entertaining. And I'll let you in on a little secret. Hmm. Okay? Me and The Rock are the same age. Really? Yeah. He's a few months older than me. Hmm. Um, but he and I are the same age. And except for the hair, we look almost identical. I, dis- uh, right? I disagree heavily. Okay. So hair is not a factor in that? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's, he's my age. And you know he hits he hits the weight uh, weights all the time and and um, and so you, you see some of his social media posts and he's talking about work getting up at four a.m. and working out or he got home late and he's working out at midnight and uh, and I see that and I think man I got to get after it if somebody my age can do that I can do it too yeah. right and so he he holds me uh, a little bit account a little bit accountable even though he has no idea who I am <laughs> uh, and so the Rock Dwayne the Rock Johnson is my number one so let me ask you larry what do you think about my list i think it's it doesn't matter what you think (laughs) all right some people will get that some people won't all right so thank you larry uh this concludes our top five on the fifth uh hope you enjoyed it no matter who you'd like to spend time with and for what reason i say all that to say this whether it's 200 million followers on instagram or just a half dozen friends We've all been given a circle of influence. What kind of impact are you having on those around you? We've all been given influence. What kind of influence are you having? And as a reminder, we'll be releasing these podcasts, and some of them will be a little bit more spiritual and a little bit more uplifting than maybe this one. Uh, But we'll be releasing these podcasts the first and third Tuesdays of every month. And if you're brand new to this podcast and you want to know what Impact Sports is all about, go back to episode one to learn a little bit more about what we do and, most importantly, why we do it. Also, please share this podcast with anyone you think may be interested. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast and follow us on social media. We'll see you next time on I Say All That to Say This.